0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 21st, 2016. The Bible Meets Broadway, The Power of Love. Good morning, Connection Church. Welcome to our second week of The Bible Meets Broadway. My name is Carrie Jones.
1: And I'm still Alan Jones. That's since right. Earlier.
0: All right, so last week, last Sunday, I kind of laid out where I'm at. And um, I want to thank you for your prayers. Keep them coming. I'm pretty raw, and I'm, in a, it's, I'm calling it my way back year. And um, I'm excited because we sang a song, Here's My Heart, Lord. God knows each one of our hearts. And the good news in all of that is that God, you are strong, you are sure, you are good, no matter what. And so, today, we are here to talk about the power of love, and that's what I know that I receive from the Lord and from you, and we can give to one another. So that's why we're here, to open ourselves up to what God has for us, for the message, that God has intended for each one of us, and to care for one another so that we can take that and go out into the world. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made and a day where we come before you. God, Alan and I, we are sinners. We're saved by your grace, and we are humbly sharing your word today. Open us up so that we may be changed and transformed. And we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And everybody gathered and said,
1: Amen. Amen. So the Bible meets Broadway during this series. We're taking a look each week at a popular Broadway show and then considering how its theme is dealt with in scripture. This morning, we're going to look at the show Les Miserables.
0: Les Miserables, also known as Les Mis, I love that show. Who has seen it? Wow. Yeah, yeah, a number of you. It is actually a musical. It's based on a novel written a long time ago by Victor Hugo. In fact, the novel was written back in 1862, and it's considered one of the greatest novels of the 19th century. Now, in March of 1987, it, the show opened on Broadway, and it lasted until May of 2003. Total of 6,680 performances, the fifth longest-running show on Broadway. We didn't see it on Broadway. We saw it in Philly, and it was so, so good. It was nominated for 12 Tonys. It won eight including the best musical and the song that Devin sang, On My Own, is just a, an example of one of the great songs in that musical. There was a film version that was released in 2012, so if you haven't seen it, go check out check it out from Redbox so that you can uh, watch Les Mis, because it won Academy Awards and Golden Globe Awards.
1: So set in early 19th century France against the backdrop of the early stages of the French Revolution, Les Mis is basically the story of a a man named Jean Valjean, a French peasant, and his quest uh, for redemption after serving 19 years in jail, five for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his sister's starving son, and 14 for trying to escape. Jean Valjean, though, had difficulty once he got out of prison finding work or lodging because he was forced to show his yellow ticket of leave card wherever he he went, identifying him as an ex-convict. Mercifully, a local bishop, a man of the cloth, offers him food and shelter. In return, the desperate and embittered Valjean steals some of the bishop's silver. When the police capture Valjean and bring him back to the bishop, rather than convicting Valjean, he shows mercy by telling the police that the silver was a gift, And then, in fact, giving him two additional pieces, two silver candlesticks. The bishop then tells Valjean that he, Valjean, must use the silver to become an honest man. And that he, the bishop, has bought Valjean's soul for God. Humbled by the bishop's loving kindness, Valjean resolves to redeem his past. He tears up his yellow ticket, thus breaking his parole in order to give himself a chance to start fresh, a new life, free from the stigma of his criminal past.
0: And so, free from his past, Valjean becomes a wealthy factory owner. He also becomes the town mayor. In addition, he's able to pay forward the love that he received, that power of love from the bishop. He was able to pay forward that to those who he came in contact with. For example, at one point, he comes to the rescue of an impoverished prostitute named Fantine, who was a former employee in his factory. He took her to the hospital after she was hurt on the job, and he promises Fantine on her deathbed that he will forever care for her daughter, Cosette, he takes as his own Mm
1: -hmm. now Javert a police inspector pursues Jean Valjean throughout the play because Jean Valjean broke his parole by tearing up his yellow card if you think about it, it's kind of like how Satan pursues us after we give our lives to Christ after we're free Uh, Satan does that hoping to return us to prison, the prison we were in, hoping to return us to the chains that once held us before we had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or perhaps another way of looking at it is Javert actually resembles you and me, As, as we often don't give up in our pursuit to have others pay for their past wrongs, especially when we've been the one who's been wronged. You know, we we look a whole lot like Javert when we refuse to forgive.
0: At one point, Valjean turns himself in when he learns that another man has been mistakenly uh, arrested because they think that it's Valjean. And so, Inspector Javert refuses to give him time to make arrangements for his daughter, Cosette when he turns himself in, insisting that a criminal like Valjean can never change. He could never do good. So what happens is that Valjean wrestles him, he wins, and Valjean escapes.
1: And so then throughout the play, there is this ongoing struggle between Jean Valjean, representing the redeeming power of love, and Inspector Javert representing an obsession with the letter of the law it's a struggle that the apostle paul spoke about in the scriptures in romans 8 1 through 4. so now paul writes there is no condemnation for those who belong to christ jesus and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death The law, there's that word law, that law of Moses was then able to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit."
0: So the law can't save us, but there is someone who can. It's Jesus. I love the line, and in that body, God declared to end an end to sin's control over us. Sin cannot, does not control us when we are in Christ. Yes, we mess up. Yes, we are imperfect. Yes, we sin, but there is redemption in Christ. We are saved by Jesus' love, the power of love for each one of us. We don't have to stay in that terrible pit of a place. We can find our way out, but it's not us finding our way. It's the Spirit leading us, and it's Christ wooing us. It's that relationship. It's God's loving redemption in Christ versus the Old Testament legalistic law, which really lacks mercy because we can never do enough, but Christ paid it all for us.
1: So we're reminded here again of a scripture that we use frequently. We use it frequently because it, it takes a whole lot and boils it down is some very, very simple teachings. One of the teachers of the law asked Jesus what the most important commandment was. Well, the most important one answered Jesus is this, hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with, say it with me, all with your heart, heart your all your soul, and all your mind, and with, with all, all your, your strength. strength. Let's continue. The, the second, second is, is this. this, love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. There There is is no no commandment commandment greater greater than these. these.
0: So Jesus was quoting the Old Testament. Jesus knew the Hebrew scripture inside and out. He was quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Leviticus. Contrary to these typical commandments that tell us what what we are not supposed to do, this tells us what we are supposed to do. What we're not supposed to do in the Old Testament, what we are supposed to do in this new that boils all that down to two laws. Love God and love one another. That's what we are called to do. It's not an option. It is a commandment. It is a, there is no commandment greater than these. You see, love is the key. Love wins, love. Love is this positive, action-oriented, can-do statement. Again, the Old Testament covers all the thou shalt nots, but then we meet Jesus. And it's all the, yes, you can do it because I love you. It's the power of love. In those Old Testament, thou shalt nots, when somebody tells you, you're not allowed to do this, what do we naturally do? We try to figure out a way to do it. We try to find a loophole. In this, tough to find a loophole. Love God, love one another. End of story. And that's the message to us. Love, Mm. the power of love.
1: Well, the guy tried to find a loophole. He said, who's my neighbor? And Jesus basically told him a story that said, everybody is. Back to Les Mis, the play. French Revolution has begun, and Inspector Javert has been captured by the revolutionaries, the other side. Valjean asks if he might be the one to execute Javert, and he's given permission. Alone with his nemesis, instead of killing Javert, Valjean offers him love by giving him his freedom. And in return, the inspector promises that he will never give up his pursuit of this fugitive Jean Valjean, rejecting what he perceives as a bargain for Valjean's future freedom. He thinks he's trying to make a deal. Valjean makes it quite clear that there's no strings attached to his release of Javert, just like there's no strings attached with God's love for us. He makes it quite clear that he holds no ill will towards Javert, because of Javier simply doing his duty. Now that's the power of love, isn't it?
0: Later, Valjean's carrying an injured man to safety when he again runs into Javert. Now remember, Javert's in, you know, this guy, Jean Valjean's a fugitive, so Valjean begs Javert, who, you know, wants to capture him for just one more hour so that he can take this man to the doctor and Javert reluctantly agrees. In the process, Javert, the inspector, finds himself in a predicament. Wikipedia puts it this way. Unable to reconcile uh, Valjean's merciful acts with his conception of Valjean as an irredeemable, irredeemable criminal, refusing to compromise his principles but no longer able to hold them sacred. You see, the inspector couldn't let go of the law and receive that grace, extend that grace. So he was in this predicament. He finds himself torn between God and the law and tragically in the story commits suicide by throwing himself into the Seine River.
1: Mm -hmm. Power of love, powerful enough to turn ja- Javert's understanding of the world, of God and the law, completely upside down. Uh, so torn, basically, in two opposite directions that he cannot reconcile. Love, powerful enough to help Jean Valjean find redemption and new life. That simple act of loving kindness that the bishop shared was powerful enough to transform this embittered, embittered ex-convict and allow him to exhibit this power of love himself.
0: The power of love. That's what this book is all about. Page in and page out the power of love. God's word shares with us story after story after story about God's redemptive love for God's people. We're able to see people who share God's love with those around them. There are lots and lots of stories of love in these pages. Open your Bibles, read about love. If you need to know where to start, start in John, God is love. There's lots of places, God is love. One of these stories that we want to share with you is a story of love, and it's about Ruth. Ruth is found in the Old Testament.
1: So here's basically the story. There was a man from Bethlehem. His name was Elimelech. Because of a great famine in the land, he moved his wife Naomi and their two sons to the neighboring country of Moab. Now, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi and the two sons... The boys grew up, married local girls, one girl named uh, Orpa, excuse me, Orpa, the other named Ruth. After living there 10 more years, both sons died, leaving Naomi and her two daughters in law to fend for themselves. It's very significant in this male dominated culture. Very tough for a woman, or in this case, women, on their own. Usually, when one's husband died, it was left to a brother or a son to, uh, to provide and protect the woman or the women. In this case, there was no brother, there was no son to take on that role. These women then were on their own, and it was a very tough position for them to be in.
0: So Naomi gets word that the famine is over, and she um, and the girls are prepared to return to their homeland. Naomi tells her daughters-in-law to go back to their homeland, praying that they will find a husband and be able to continue their lives. Because basically, just the three women, they didn't really have a life. They were on their own. Well, Naomi, the girl, said, no, 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 we're going to stay with you. And Naomi insisted, no, please go, please go, because she didn't have any sons. She wasn't going to have any sons at that age to give them as husbands.
1: So at this point, Orpah kissed Naomi and, in fact, went back to her home, her people. But Ruth stayed. Naomi encouraged Ruth to do what Orpah did. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. (laughs) Well, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to go back home. Wow.
0: A lot of music that we sing here comes straight out of Scripture. There's a song that we sing called, I Will Follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. I will follow you. That is right out of this Scripture found in Ruth. It's about the power of love.
1: So Ruth convinced Naomi, and the two continued until they reached Bethlehem. Once there, they needed some food. Now, in the laws of the Old Testament that the Lord had shared with Moses, the people were instructed when harvesting the field to leave uh, along the edges some, uh, don't, don't, don't harvest all the way to the edge, leave that for the poor to be able to go out and what they call glean or pick up that excess isn't that a great system just an automatic way to provide for the poor Um, so ruth went into the field and picked some of the leftover grain well it turns out she was working the field of a guy named boaz who actually was related to naomi's husband elimelech now while ruth was in the field boaz showed up and he noticed her he asked who the young woman in the field was and his foreman filled him in
0: So Boaz went to Ruth and told her not to leave the farm, to stay, to glean the fields, that she could, he told his servants that she could have a drink of water anytime she needed to, whenever she was thirsty. She questioned his kindness. And Boaz said that he had heard of what she had done for Naomi. You see, he had heard of her love for his mother-in-law, and he was so incredibly impressed, the power of love.
1: I think it was more than just being impressed, but we'll go on from there. Boaz then shared some bread, I mean, it gets better, shared with her. He told his his harvesters not to embarrass her, but instead to help her by pulling out some, some extra stalks of grain for her to pick up, so now it's just not on the board. They're making some extra available for Ruth. See, here's the thing. Boaz was, um, Ruth and Naomi's what they call in the Old Testament, their, rede- their kinsman redeemer. Kinsman redeemer. In, in that culture, there was a, uh, there w- this would be a male relative, a kinsman who, according to various laws of the Old Testament, I mean, this was uh, laid out in the Old Testament, that male uh, relative, distant as he may, it could be a distant relative had the privilege responsibility to act on behalf of this relative who was in trouble, who was in danger, who was in need. And so this relative then sometimes, uh, or they had the responsibility to redeem, to care for, to salvage, to save, to buy back, to make good for this relative or for their property. Interesting thing here, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer, But it wasn't too long after he also was the husband (laughs) of ruth and so through him ruth was rescued redeemed as was her mother-in-law naomi that's the power of love
0: all right so check this out ruth and boaz had a son his name was obed 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 had a son his name was jesse Jesse had a son. His name was King David. And then we skip a number of generations. Right in the line, Jesus Christ, the house of David. This is Jesus' lineage. You see, it's incredible. Jesus Christ was descended from Boaz, the kinsman redeemer for Naomi and Ruth.
1: And then Jesus is the kinsman redeemer for you and me and the rest of the world because jesus adopts us into his family we're kin aren't we we're brothers and sisters in christ he's adopted us and as such when we get adopted it's not it's not halfway we get full privilege especially the privilege of being redeemed by the Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our sin debt paid in full when he died on the cross. You see, Jesus was able to do something we're not able to do. He was able to pay our sin debt in full. We can't do that. And when he pays that sin debt in full, that means God forgives us. Our biggest challenge then is to be able to forgive ourselves, to let go, let go of whatever it was. And we must remember, as we said before in the Scripture, there is no condemnation for those who believe in Christ Jesus. And the challenge for us is that it's so contrary to the lies that the enemy speaks into us, the evil one, Satan, what tries to plant in our heads, (laughs) whisper in our ears, speaks to our souls. We can't listen to those lies. Those lies that tell us that we're not good enough, that we're losers, that we aren't worthy. The thing is, we are worthy, but it's not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did. You know, we're, we're, we're worthy through him because he's worthy. That allows us to be worthy through him, worthy of God's loving kindness. You see, Jesus willingly allowed himself to become the once and forever sacrificial lamb. The Old Testament sacrifice was very much a part, no more, because he was the ultimate sacrificial lamb. One time done, slaughtered on behalf of you and me, offering his perfect life as collateral to pay the price for the sin of our imperfect lives. And so Jesus is the kinsman redeemer for you and me. We're redeemed thanks to the power of love, God's love through Jesus Christ and the power of God's Holy Spirit.
0: So when we are able to accept, fully accept, the redeeming work that God has, the work of Christ in us, then we're able to share the power of love with others. In fact, when we experience that incredible Redemptive love, we we can't keep it to ourselves because we are forever changed. So the question today, question today, have you experienced Jesus as your kinsman redeemer? Have you accepted the love that Christ has for you? No strings attached. There's nothing you can do to earn that. Jesus just loves you. Have you accepted that? If you haven't, perhaps today is the day. Don't wait. If you have accepted Christ as your savior, as your kinsman redeemer, then the next question is who do you need to share that rede- who do you need to share that love with? Where are you being called to share the power of God's love? Where are you being called to introduce others to the kinsman redeemer, to Jesus? We're not suggesting that you go hit somebody over the head with the gospel. We're suggesting, although perhaps, you know, sometimes we have to do that, but perhaps just be Jesus with skin on. Show the power of love in a world that is not very loving right now. There's so much hate out there. Be a vessel of love because we are called to do that. It is a commandment. Love God, love others. And that's just not people on the inside. That's everybody. That's everybody. So that's, that's our word for today. The power of love. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, it's easy to say, but sometimes it's pretty tough to share love, especially when we're being pushed. Lord, use us as, as your vessels, and it's really not us at all. It's the Holy Spirit in and through us. God, I would pray that if there's anybody in this room that's questioning if God loves them, that they would go and receive prayer back in the prayer corner or come up on the steps and pray or just open themselves up in the seat to receive that redemptive love. They don't have to stay stuck in the, stuck in the muck, but instead receive freedom. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus And for the Holy Spirit, we pray all this in your holy name. Everybody gathered and said, amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people
0: with Jesus i one.